Welcome to Soul Stirrings, a podcast where all things regarding faith, communication, and culture are considered. I'm your host, Paul Patton, and here's hoping for at least a couple of grins and maybe one strange amen. This is my second podcast on the fruit of the Spirit called Patience. And if you missed the first, please consider giving it a, a listen if you have a moment. Here I would like to talk about how the virtue of patience can confront our human habit of judging others prematurely, of finding convenient excuses for a lack of empathy and caring love. Let's begin with Luke's Gospel, which contains the parable of the fig tree in the vineyard. In chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, the story is about a man who has a vineyard planted and decides to add a fig tree, hoping to enjoy its fruit in addition to the grapes on the vine. The owner keeps going to the tree looking for fruit and never finds any. And as one might expect, he complains to the worker in the the vineyard, what's going on? No fruit for three years. Cut it down, he commands. Why should this fruitless tree waste good soil? But the person working the vineyard patiently replies, let's give it another year, one more year, then I can dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Now the servant has the last word, and it's a patient suggestion. Let's give it more time, more time to nurse the tree to fruitfulness. A little background is in order to help understand this parable and connect it to my opening thesis related to patience. The parable of the fig tree in the vineyard is set up or preceded by two horrifying incidents. At first glance, these two incidents can seem almost disconnected from the parable. The first is a horror, the slaughter of some Galileans whose blood Pontius Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. The second was the collapse of a tower in Jerusalem that killed 18 people. After each horror is mentioned, Jesus asks his disciples, do you suppose these Galileans were worse sinners than others? And with the collapsed tower, do you suppose the 18 killed were more guilty than others? Though he doesn't wait for their answer, it probably would have been, yes, they suffered because they were worse sinners than others, guiltier than others, which often means worse sinners than me, more guilty than me. That was the misassumption of many in Palestine during the time of Christ. Those suffering, those blinded, maimed, and diseased are suffering at the hand of a wrath-filled God who's busy doling out just deserts. They assumed the punishment from heaven with vengeful exactness fits the level of sinfulness. One example of this kind of assumption, misassumption, is found in John chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, as the disciples walk past a blind man in the temple courts and ask their Messiah, their rabbi, is he blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents? Of course, the assumption that those suffering are blinded, maimed, or diseased were in fact suffering because of their own sin or the sin of their parents could be used to justify the lack of compassion towards the sick, the lack of patience with the weak. Basically, one might wrongly believe that others are diseased because of their more deeply devastating sin. In other words, I'm healthy and wealthy because of my more favored, less sinful state. 
But after both examples, that is, the slaughter of the Galileans and the collapse of the tower in Jerusalem, and his repeated question, our Lord answers his own question. No, but unless you repent, you too will perish. Of course, he's not implying that unless they repent, they're going to experience a similar catastrophe. For the Greek word for repentance is mentanoia, essentially meaning to turn around, described as the car called your life heading for an unseen cliff, unseen because the car's windshield is so filthy you can't see what's ahead of you. Repentance nudges and sometimes screams, clean the windshield on the car called your life so that you can see that you need to turn away from the cliff. But the rush to judgment on the part of the disciples, people suffered severely because of the severity of their sin, in my view, is what links the parable and the application of patience in judging others. The patient suggestion of the vineyard worker characterizes the patience of God and the patience that is to characterize his image bearers. It is a godly patience that doesn't just wave passively for the fruit to arrive on time. No, it is a patience that persists in cultivating the soil, a patience that allows time for potential in others to bear a gracious harvest. And it's a godly patience that isn't in the habit of making immediate judgments about the complex causes of the suffering of others. It is a godly patience that doesn't rush to judge or condemn others. The call to patience as a fruit of the Spirit cultivated over a lifetime is a reminder to see each moment, each person, each season, each challenge as an opportunity to repent and an opportunity to fertilize the soil for the trees in our life that are slow in bearing fruit. In my next podcast, I'll visit James's epistle, who gives us several examples of the wisdom and profundity of patience as a necessary virtue. Thanks for joining me on Soul Stirrings. <music>